This is the Bushwick Variety Show, and I'm Alex Stevens III. Greetings, neighbors, friends, citizens of the world, and conscious beings of all various types. Thank you so much for listening to the Bushwick Variety Show. This is episode number 62. This episode features Justin Troy. Justin Troy is a great Thai boxing trainer, teacher, coach, um, and fighter himself. Uh, if you don't know what Thai boxing is, Thai boxing is also known as Muay Thai. It is an ancient form of kickboxing. Um, it's a great martial art, also known as the art of eight limbs. Um, and specifically, Justin is a teacher at Hammer and Nail right here in Bushwick, Brooklyn. A great uh, martial arts gym that opened up uh, sometime in the summer. Um, I've been a member almost since the beginning. So, yeah, this episode is very exciting to me uh, because I've been a member of, of this program uh, for several months now. And uh, I really, really love it. If you live in the Bushwick area, please come check out Hammer and Nail. There's a trial week special where you get uh, for $45 un- unlimited classes some boxing gloves, and some hand wraps. Um, That's a great deal in and of itself. It's a lot of fun. It's a good community of people. It's a great workout. If you're trying to keep those uh, resolutions going, this could be a great way for you. I highly recommend it, and I had a great time talking with Justin. So without further ado, this is Justin Troy from Hammer and Nail BK. Let's have a conversation. Welcome to Brooklyn voice you imagine it to be when you hear it in the headphones uh yeah um because because of like acting and stuff like that and just when i was a little kid um one of the things i used to do was make on just like a kid's tape recorder oh wow, okay um, i would make kind of radio shows um like i forgot about that Bread for of. this yeah um I think that's I've heard that common story from different like actors and comedians and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, so definitely when I was younger, hearing my voice back was a trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now I'm kind of used to it. Um, I'm not happy with some of my vocal patterns. Um, I want to <laughs> cut out the ums on here, but you know it's a process. Getting yeah, better with doing it. And we are rolling, by the way. Oh, um, nice, nice, nice. First first little part but uh yeah man how you doing justin uh pretty good how are you good good uh what's your last name by the way uh troy t-r-o-y cool and uh yeah so hammer and nail hammer and nail this is where we're uh where we're located at the moment Mm -hmm. um how did that come to be how did you come to get involved with that uh so levi the owner of hammer and nail I used to work with him at, back at UFC gym, um, one of the first ones that ever opened in New York City. It's no longer there. Um, they've moved over to like the Soho area. Yeah. But they were in like Fidei or Financial District before. I have a friend actually um, from, from the Netherlands. Uh, she trains there. Um, her name's Tirsa. Okay. Um, yeah. Nice. At the, at the Soho location? Yeah, at the Soho location. Yeah. That's a nice location. It used to be the old Five Points. Uh, Five Points Muay Thai. It's one of like the oldest gyms in uh, in New York City. Nice. Um, so you you trained with Levi back then, or you knew him back we, then? Uh, we were both coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got to work with him. 
Uh, then I think he opened out a gym in uh, Philadelphia. He and uh, earlier in 2018, he had mentioned to me that he was thinking of like working on like a pretty cool project, like a boutique um, gym that just specialized in the martial arts, like not pretending to be like a strength and conditioning gym uh, or anything that we're not. Um, just but high quality, like Muay Thai and Jiu Jitsu. Uh, as uh, we opened up, we realized like, oh, like the space is small enough where like we could really just grow one program, and we just chose the Thai boxing or the Muay Thai. Nice, yeah. Um, for me, like I've lived in Bushwick for about ten years, and uh, kind of the last couple of years have been a real big shift for me um kind of trying to realign some things in my life and like refocus and um just you know chart just get more on my the path i feel i should be on Mm -hmm. that can change and everything but um i did grow up doing martial arts off and on so it was always kind of in the back of my head and i know them for me i think for a lot of people also but definitely i can speak for myself um working out in some way is super important for me if i don't i suffer from like depression if i don't Mm -hmm. um i don't know if that means that i'm like suffer from clinical depression but i know that if i don't work out properly like i i'm susceptible to like bouts of depression um not to say that working like not to say that i still can't like don't struggle with that sometimes anyway but it helps big time. And for me, martial arts has like, always been a great way. Oh, 100%. I think uh, as people, as humans, uh, we need movement uh, in our lives. It's super important. And they have recess for a reason as kids, right? For you to run around, um, play games, uh, that type of interaction. And just like that, um, that connection between your brain and moving your body in a way that's like quick and like needed in like a lifestyle. Uh, it's super important, and I think as adults, we take that for uh, granted for sure. Um, cabin fever, you know, it exists when you're trapped in, like, an area because it's cold or whatever it is. You start to get, like, antsy. You want to move around. Um, so I think that's just, like, a fundamental thing, just, you know, being people. We need to move around. Yeah. Uh, so how did you come to martial arts? Um, oh, man. Uh, you know, Asian pops. the asian pops we loved watching like kung fu movies together and uh i grew up in uh an area in bensonhurst where there weren't a lot of the uh, chinese people um so i was like one out of like two or three kids in school but i was definitely the only english speaking uh like uh, i guess asian american how big was the school um i went to pretty small schools i guess like in my class, there was like probably like a hundred or two hundred kids, um, you know. But uh, not seeing anybody else like my color or like, or my color and my culture. Like Asian American is very different than um, Asians from China, right? Uh, and they and they were also very segregated because they were in ESL, and I was just kind of thrown in the mix. Um, so that's different. And my father thought it would be a good idea if I learned how to defend myself. Um, you know, I was getting bullied, you know, the cliche story, kid gets bullied, uh, learns martial arts and, you know, and here we are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what did you start with martial arts wise? Um, 
like cardio kickboxing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a place in Chinatown. Uh, I don't know if it still exists, um, but it had cardio kickboxing, and uh, I was like the only kid in that class. And it was just basically um, shadow boxing. It's not like how cardio kickboxing is now, where there's like bags and stuff like that. It's like more of a fitness class. It was just kind of like you were in front of a mirror. Like um, almost like traditional like karate style, like you're in front of a mirror, and a lot of it is like technique focus. Um, and that's what we did. Only the guy just definitely he he definitely made us sweat. Yeah. Um, but within the same complex, there was a another guy there named Koban, um, and he it was like Chow's Martial Arts Center, I think, or something like that. And he taught Muay Thai, and I wanted to do I wanted to do that, you know, so. Uh, we made the transition, um, and I was like 12, 13 years old. And it, for my parents, it was more like an after-school program for me. Like, all right, it's something to keep Justin in until like, you know, 5, 6 o'clock, and when we get out of work, we could pick him up. Yeah. Yeah. Good. And you took to it, obviously. Oh, uh, no, I, I, I didn't like it at all, right? I liked the idea of like doing Muay Thai and being able to like flip and look like Jackie Chan, Bruce Lee, and stuff like that. My father sold me the dream, and once I was in it, I was just like, man, this is work. <laughs> so how did you uh, stick to it, and was there a turning point in it? Um, yeah. Uh, funny story. So um, I say uh, Asian pops because it was uh, always like, you know, I had to ha- like learn one instrument, uh, one martial arts, another language other than Chinese and English, something like that, right? Uh, super strict. And um, so I always felt like martial arts was just something I had to do, right? It was just like a staple in my life. Um, And I just needed it in my life, you know, just to make my parents happy or whatever it is. So I just kind of stuck to it. Um, And then when I went to college, uh, like you, I was super deprived of uh, martial arts. I just kind of like stuck to studying. I was just trying to find my method, like, you know, no chaperones. It's like like the jungle right now, right? Um, so, you know, I got my academics up, uh, graduated college, uh, with a degree in political economy and, and, uh, law, uh, did nothing with it. You know, I had a job, I hated it. Like, I I think I liked learning about it, but I didn't like being in it and, um, being so movement deprived, like once I quit that job, I didn't know what else to do. So I joined, uh, a Muay Thai gym, Chaksabai gym. And, uh, I was just kind of running from like the idea of a nine to five. Mm Mm-hmm. I had a little bit of money, uh, and I just kind of like, all right, I'm just going to be here until I run out of money. I'm just going to try to fight um, because it's something I wanted to do when I was young, and now I have the time and the capital to do it. So uh, one thing led to another. I became a coach. I never thought I'd be here, and uh, I left that gym, uh, fought some more, got to like uh, travel to Thailand and stuff like that. see the culture behind like the origins of the art um and all of it is just hard work and i like that it's very like there's like a direct feedback you you really get out of muay thai what you put into it and um i think that for me is uh where i'm at now yeah that's uh an interesting thing hopefully i think people like it's an important lesson to learn i think in life i think everybody when we're a kid like the hard work isn't fun. And it's not yeah. that it's fun now. Like there's always a point 
in class, like at Hammer and Nail, there are points where it's just like, uh, like, you know, it just pushes you to not even to the limit. Like, I know I can go further also, but it pushes you to a very uncomfortable oh, yeah. place. Um, but then I feel like the days that I show up when I was planning on showing up, I feel good about the rest of the day. Like it's a good, for me, a good way to like start the day um, because I overcame those challenges, you know, struggled through them. You know, sometimes it's a struggle, like some days it's more of a struggle. Some days, you know, it's a really good, it's all, you know, always push yourself. But uh, yeah, like there's something about, I think the thing that we're sold in society is uh we're sold comfort oh yeah we're sold ease Mm -hmm. um we're sold convenience these are like that's what we're sold a lot of times um and while those things have their place and leisure has its place uh you don't really grow from those things usually yeah not at all um you know uh i like i like how you said that um because it's it's made like comfort is valuable right like when like as a muay thai fighter uh i felt like there were times where when i was a little too comfortable is when i didn't have like a realistic perception of my training the fight itself things like that um and having discomfort and not letting it become an excuse uh, is really where the discipline's at in the, in the Muay Thai, right? Like, even for me, like, I think teaching has made me, a, like, a better uh, student because I want to show up for my students, right? Whereas maybe as a fighter, I'll skip out on some days, right? I'm like, oh, I'm not feeling good. Oh, this happened. I'm mad. I can't, I can't go to the gym like this, right? But real discipline is, like, having to just swallow that. Same training, it doesn't change just because you're emotional. Like the world kind of keeps on going, and um, and being a coach, like I really got a poker face. Like there's some days I don't always feel good, right? And like, you know, I do it anyway. And like, um, and that's something I I didn't really grow up having a lot of. Like, is discipline. Like both my parents are hardworking. Um, not that they weren't around for me, but they didn't get to see how I was without them, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and that really shapes you, and. Uh, when you grow up without like too many like rules and stuff like that, and when uh, you know the, the like life's rules kind of hold you down, like it gets real frustrating, right? And you let a lot of things just like become excuses. And as a fighter, as a teacher, like it's taught me to really like you know you, there's things you can't control, and but the things you can, right? Like do do it with poker face. That's my favorite yeah. word. <laughs> Yeah, um, I like that element in class and the breath, like trying to come back to the breath. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, the <laughs> um, I remember it being easier like a couple of months ago um, as far as a, we were allowed some sitting and now there's no more sitting. And it's yep. it's fun being a part of the this group and it's fun for me being a part of this school um at this stage because it's still in the first year yeah so pretty much like 
you know, I know there's a couple of people in there with some prior experience of some form of like some martial arts. Like I have some prior experience. Chris has some prior experience, but overall, most of the people, my observation anyways, most of the people are beginners in a way Mm -hmm. beginners to, you know, I also think, I also firmly believe, um, no matter where you think you are, no matter what experience, um, you've had, I also believe at this point in my life, um, it's best to approach things with a beginner's mind. Yeah. Um, I like that. Um, you know, I I like that as long as it's not taken out of context, right? Like experience is very important. Yeah. Uh, and we, you know, we can't deny our own experiences, um, because those subtle differences like really teach people how to how to play with each other right? yeah. in that way like um, so I think it's fun like the within the levels of the class it's like the people who've now been there for like a few months seeing how like how we're growing mm-hmm. and how we we have to help each other out yeah you know yeah oh yeah it's uh uh Another coach used to tell me this. I forget which one, you know, but uh, each one teach one. Yeah. And especially a small boutique gym like Hammer and Nail, um, I'm trying to offer just high quality Muay Thai instruction, right? Now, how we grow together, it depends on the culture that's installed there, right? And that's that's all you guys, right? Um, um, you know, trying to dictate that flow. Uh, it's been easy because everybody that's been coming along has been like awesome. Uh and very helpful to each other. Uh, but, you know, you guys are really the ones that are, are working with each other. I'm just directing the class and make sure, making sure it's safe. And, like, I rely on you guys, you know, to do, to do that in, like, an honest way and in, in, in the right way or as right as you think, you know. But, uh, like, each one teach one. And, yeah, that's it. So here's a question for you. This is, like, a personal one. Um... In March, I'm going to be gone for like a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so what advice do you have for me? Um, and I know one of them I can do. I have no excuse not to do, and I should do. So some of it's like, you know, answering and problem solving for myself. But like, um, so shadow boxing, I know, is something I can do anywhere and is, is valuable. Um, but what advice do you have during that time, I'm going to be in Amsterdam, mm-hmm. um, just to stay, you know, to not lose, to hold on or to keep growing, trying to grow as much as I can. Yeah. Um, the thing about retaining, uh, like Muay Thai skill, right. And the, in the, in the practice cardio is the, one of the most unforgiving aspects of, uh, Muay Thai. Right. Yeah. Whereas like, when I teach the class for an hour, I'm trying to keep you guys moving for an hour. Um, as long as you could do that, and you know your cardio is you know relatively okay, you should be fine. Now, skill-wise, shadow boxing is one of the best things you could do. Uh, one shadow boxing it teaches you, you know, if you're doing it in full range of motion, it teaches you like the length of your limbs. It teaches you how to miss. Because when you miss shots, you should look like shadow boxing and you shouldn't be flying all over the place, you know. So, um, and that type of control of the body is, is useful rather than, um, you know, there's a time and place for hitting the bag, pads, sparring. 
but you're not always going to touch somebody, especially somebody who's very well trained. And I think like shadow boxing is like the key component to, to Muay Thai. And plus, if you're going to be in Amsterdam, that's home to one of the uh, top notch um, Dutch styles of Muay Thai. Uh, Dutch style Muay Thai, it's um, heavy on the boxing, low kicks. Uh, they're, they're super strong, you know, and very grounded uh, fighters with like the head movement. Uh, uh, some of my favorite fighters are Ramon Deckers, uh, Andy Sauer, the old school guys, like who really like got the Dutch style like known. Yeah, and so if you're gonna be over there, Alistair, you might. Alistair uh, Overeem. Alistair Overeem, right? Right, his yeah. gym, one of the best ones. It's in Amsterdam, I think. Yeah, you can check Somebody that out. Somebody pop in on one of those. Yeah, and see what it's like. Yeah, it's different. They train different. Um, it's not, uh, you know, there's. Um, I don't like to label things, but like, you know, in the school of thought, there's like the traditional um, Thai style, right? Which is like a lot of pad work, clinching, um, and really getting to know like your different ranges and not like favoring any of them. And then there's the Dutch style, which is just like, oh yeah, like, you know, heavy with the hands, kick your legs. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and, 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 you know, there's a lot more to that. Um, but it's... Uh, I know we do the Dutch shield sometimes. We work on that one in class. Yeah. So uh, uh, James, Coach James, uh, he has like a, he, he tends to lean more towards the Dutch style, right? Because he likes the boxing. He likes right. the movement, the head work, uh, the head movement, um, and like the blocks into the counters. Mm -hmm. It's very fast pace. Uh, whereas the Thai style is a little bit more slow pace and the shots are super clean. Um, and it's all your shots are super clean, um, but not at like that Dutch rhythm. <laughs> the Dutch rhythm could be super like intense. Yeah. Like you really have to have good cardio, good strength and conditioning for that style. Uh, I'm not saying the traditional style you don't, but you know, the traditional style is a, a, a little bit more of a cerebral game. Yeah. So that could be useful for getting cardio up, like to go try to train there a little bit. Oh yeah. Like yeah. for sure. And uh, and it and it's nice to bring back some of that stuff, you know, like when I go to Thailand, I always try to bring back things that I learned there, or even just concepts that I pick up, and uh, I try to like enforce them in my guys, the the minute I come back while it's fresh. Yeah. Yeah, but a, a lot of the themes for no matter what combat sports, a lot of the theme is just hard work, like whatever your coach says, listen well, you know, do it, and do it hard fast and all out yeah so what um how do you what do you think about that like what have you learned from martial arts and um tie boxing and like kind of what do you think about it as far as how it applies to life um uh uh ooh, for a lot of people muay thai is life right uh in a way that's just more than like the lifestyle of doing the muay thai um, Muay Thai has a lot, a lot of lessons. Uh, it teaches you about yourself because, like this, it's so fast, like such a, a fast pace. Like when you're sparring and stuff like that, like you really get to know yourself. Things you've overestimated about yourself, even underestimated about yourself, right? Like um, I've watched a lot of students develop like a lot of confidence, and I've also watched a lot of students get humbled. Um, you know, um, it really like checks your reality and and how you like to think about yourself, whether good or bad. And, um, you know, so, uh, 
for some people, uh, that stuff is uh, is harder to take. You know, it's a hard pill to swallow. And for others, like, you know, it uh, it's it's always a hard pill to swallow. I guess like you know, just I, I, like as a coach, I get to watch people kind of like work their way through that, and that's all it is. It's just it's all about progress and you know the process. Yeah. Which is life, too. We were talking yeah. about, like, failing before this. We were talking about failing. Um, I was saying I was listening to somebody, and they were talking about the concept of, like, failing forward. Mm-hmm. Um, like, yes. how you learn. Like, yeah. some of your, like, greatest lessons can be from failure as long as you keep, like, yeah. keep coming back. Keep. 100%. Like, don't let it keep you down, you know? Yeah. And that, and for Muay Thai, it could work in uh, two ways, right? Like, uh, there are people that think they want to compete and when they do, they realize, you know, they don't. And it's never a failure, like whether you lose or you win or just not happy about it, it's never a failure. You know, it teaches you whether or not you really wanted it. Um, and then there are guys that really want it bad and, you know, and, and you know, they, they don't win always, right? And you could look at the positives about it. It's all learning experiences. Like, I really believe in, um, you know, you either win or you learn. Like, there's no real failing, you yeah. know, unless you make the same mistake. Yeah. Yeah. And, but sometimes you have to, like, sometimes yes, maybe you didn't learn. Them lessons, like, you know. <laughs> like, even if, you know, sometimes you have to learn a couple of times, like, you know, like, yeah. keep coming back. Um, so what about, like, do you think that if, like, for Muay Thai to be somebody's life, do you think that they have to go into competition? No, no, not at all. Like, because the competition is really in, it's the drama in people's heads, right? A lot mm-hmm. of times. The competition is, it's, it's just a sport. You know what I mean? Like, it's no, it's, it's a little bit different than sparring physically, right? But really, it's not that much different than sparring. If you're having, if you have fun in Muay Thai, you fighting is just fun. Um, you know, unless, unless you make it traumatic for yourself, then it becomes not that fun. Uh, but otherwise, like, the competition is not, uh, I wouldn't say part of Muay Thai. It's just how you decide to, you know, use it. It's just a tool. And you have fun with it, how, you know, at whatever level and to whatever extent that you like. I'm always fascinated by that. Like, there's a lot of, uh, this is like in boxing also, um, a lot of trainers and coaches, um, There's there are some who have fight experience and mm-hmm. there's some people who always like they're like you see the trainers and it's like clear that they're like boxers too they're fighters like too um but they completely 100 percent went the route of like i'm sure they spar mm-hmm. but they never really like went full-on fighter yeah um so that's always interesting to me like how that how yeah. that happens um, I think as a coach, as a trainer, it, I think it's super important that, you know, you, that you do have, uh, some kind of combat experience, um, not to take anybody's credibility away, but it's just the more realistic like, mm-hmm. experience. Right. And what I've noticed about, uh, people who are trainers that, uh, have also fought and, you know, did their, did their dues competitively or whatever it is. Um, they keep things a lot more simple. Uh, I think when you don't fight, a lot of things are just conceptualized. Right. 
and uh, you know some people get really lost lost in like the art of it right which is not bad it's not wrong and you can make that training type fun as well right and it's necessary like you know like I guess for acting like choreographing and stuff like that yeah um, but you know a lot of a lot of times it could get super romanticized right and and uh, there, but there's you know in history there's a lot of really good coaches that would never fought before, and I guess like it's like how do you check a coach's honesty right like why are you doing this why are you why are you a coach, is it to like romanticize like your version of the art or is it to because you really love people and you really want the, them to get better like some people that spring to my mind and I don't know maybe I'm wrong about this but I don't know like Customato's was he a fighter, like Ooh. you know what I mean or like yeah. Freddie Roach. I think Freddie Roach had some had some fights. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure. But you know what I mean. So that's like the people that spring to my mind is like, yeah. Um, yeah. But I guess yeah, the hard thing. I guess like uh, only time could tell, right? Like, right. Uh, there's a people. There's a reason why people do enjoy training with those trainers. Um, they're probably good people. You know, they they probably like try to. They're passionate about it for sure. And, you know, over time, I think uh, it's, you know, the credibility, Freddie Roach, like, you know, it's clear, right? He has he has what it takes, right? Um, but it's hard to tell nowadays with, uh, I guess, the growth of uh, fitness combat sports, which is uh, right. uh, very different. Yeah. And, you know, those trainers have that, have that space over there. Yeah. But, you know, to not have... Uh, combat tested your what you know and the trained fighters it's you know it's you there's safety involved you you know it's interesting because i have and i know there can be a negative connotation with like fitness martial arts in a way Mm -hmm. um because like i think when people mistake that for real world like self-defense because it's like like it's something though because um i do have to say like uh it's fun watching new students come in um rachel one of our newest ones uh her main experience is more like the fitness thing yeah but one thing that i notice with her is because she did that she has some decent fundamentals in like form and like punches and kicks versus like somebody with no experience and no Mm -hmm. like because there is an aspect of just like bag work and stuff like that, where you do one simple thing so it's many the times. grind. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, you do it enough, you learn how your body will either not want to get hurt and do it the right way, or you just figure it out. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing, like the thing about, I don't, I don't want, I don't like to knock uh, fitness martial arts. I used to be a, like a, I love kickboxing instructor, um, UFC gym, like kind of like, fell into that category where it offered a little bit of both, right? Um, it gets people who never thought they'd get into martial arts into martial arts, yeah. right? Like, I I wouldn't... I, I don't know this about Rachel, but, you know, maybe without her fitness martial arts experience, she might have never even attempted hammer and nail. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, who knows? But uh, it's, it's kind of like a gateway... Uh, you know, fitness martial arts style that eventually brings people who enjoy the grind of it because they've done it in the fitness into the more technical world, right? So it's easier. It's easier to teach them, in a sense. Uh, 
And I think for the fitness instructors, like the place with like, you know, let's say trainers with no fight experience, I think that's, they could fall into that category, you know, like there's a place for everybody in the martial art, whether it's fitness martial arts or like, um, theoretical combat martial arts, right? It's, uh, it's, you know, it's all martial arts. As long as people are getting into it, I'm cool with it. Yeah. Yeah. What do you, now that you do both, like you, um, fight and train, Mm -hmm. like, and coach, I mean, um, do you prefer one or the other or do they both? Yeah, I guess, uh, Ooh, if I had more than 24 hours in the day, right? Like I would love to just do both with all my energy. It's really hard to be a full-time coach as well as fight. Um, only because when you're fight training, you're at the hours in which you'd be coaching. Like, uh, kickboxing, Muay Thai, like all those classes are either, you know, before 9 a.m., 12 o'clock, noon, or, you know, after 5 p.m. It, it's, it caters around the nine to fivers. Uh, if I could find a way to, to do all that, not be sore, because holding pads is very tiring. Yeah. And even teaching a class is a lot more energy, um, you know, just to make sure everyone's safe. You know, you, you're kind of anxious the whole time. And like, it wears you out by the end of it. Uh, so I think right now I'm in a place where I'm doing just enough teaching. I'm used to it where it's not so stressful for me. And I have fun doing it, right? I get to just be myself and not, you know, I, I know I know my craft. Um, so teaching is uh, a lot easier. Um, and I could still do it with passion. And now I'm feeling like, man, I really could fight and do all of that with the same amount of passion. You know, and I'm willing to put in the hard work. That's the most important thing. Uh, so, you know, and props to all the people that do full-time coach as well as fight and train and be able to train for it, as well as eat, rest enough, take care of themselves, have enough time to stretch. You know, not a lot of New Yorkers have that, that much time on them. Yeah. But, That's one of the great things, I think, also about um, training is, like, you get some stretching like in in the class too as part of it too as part of the warm up and stuff like that because yeah. for me, I know I need to stretch more. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm working on that, um, and it's like like that's like one of the side effects I think of like doing hard work. Like you said, you either figure it out, you adjust some things, or you're gonna get like hurt at a certain point. Yeah. So it's like I'm working on kind of adjusting and being more disciplined in like my own haven't implemented this yet but like actually like waking up maybe a little bit earlier and like putting a little bit of like stretching time into like my daily routine mm-hmm. um yeah because it's you know yeah you it's hard to. yeah you yeah, have and to it, and it's hard to do oh um but it's not that hard you just have to like yeah do it. well i always say it like this to people because i try not to uh uh, use negative reinforcement, right? Like, so I'll tell people, you know, if you love Muay Thai enough and if you want to play Muay Thai long, like, get it down. Get the mobility down. Try yoga, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I hear one of the best uh, yoga studios, Daya Yoga, is, like, right around the corner from here, Um, You know, I would love to work out a, a deal with them, you know, if 
you know, everything goes right and if we can. One of my friends, uh, she teaches there mm-hmm. like a day or two. Uh, she was on one of the podcasts. Nicole, oh, wow. Nicole Lynn Holy. All right. Yeah. We're to have to take a class. Yeah. Um, she's great. Uh, she's one of my favorite. She's a like great friend. I've known her for years. And she's also one of my favorite uh, yoga instructors I've ever worked cool, with. Cool. She's, she's good. Yeah. And plus, uh, the thing about Muay Thai, the type of people it brings to it, you know, the, the are not the type of people that like to stay still for too long. And I think uh, 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 one of my friends, Petra, who also teaches yoga at the Ohm Factory, she always said yoga was like born from the warrior spirit, right? That's like the yin and yang. Um, you know, people love Muay Thai because it's fast paced, it's action, you know, and you, re- and you really feel like good, right, about yourself. Uh, and, you know, if you, if you pushed and worked hard. Yoga, on the other hand, that feedback is very different. You're, you're holding certain positions you're not comfortable with. There's a lot of breathing. Um, and for a lot of times, staying still, you know, if you're doing, like, restorative or yin yoga, you're, like, you're still for a long time. And to try not to, like, and to try to tune now that, that intensity while you're moving at the same time, it's, it's really difficult. Yeah, like that's one of the things I know. I think it was even in one of her classes. I started to figure it out in yoga, but like um, the mountain pose is basically is just standing. But the idea of that, even when you're just standing, you're actually kind of like to actually activate and stretch like you're actually standing up that it's a it's an active thing, even though you appear still. Mm-hmm. You should be like kind of like consider yourself like growing, you know. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I think that was her. Um, that for me would make me sweat. Yeah, yeah. I I can't stay still. I start to I get anxious. Like I want to shadow box. It's funny because that's that is another humbling thing. We were talking about. Mm-hmm. Oh um, yeah. Like football players, a lot of them now do yoga. Yeah. Um and. It's one of those things also that's humbling. Like you think you're strong in one way. Go try yoga. You might find something that looks really easy, like doesn't look tough to you. Mm -hmm. It might be very tough for you to actually do when you actually try it, you know? Yeah. And you realize, yeah, where, where your body like isn't as strong as you think, like, you know, or could grow. That discipline is difficult. Mm -hmm. Like... Um, but it all boils down to patience, right? Like I'm a very firm believer that uh, people could be could sketch really well, right? Everyone has the ability to, right? If you could write your own name neatly, you could. You have the ability to stay still and really focus and draw something or sketch something, right? Um, like all these skills, like anybody could have. It's just you know, are you passionate enough and do you have the patience for it, right? Um, trying to develop that mindset for yoga for me is super difficult. Yeah. Cause like I'll, I could tell myself that, but do I really feel like that? You know, it's just like, and to, and to, and what's humbling about that is like to actually be able to get myself to feel something that I didn't think I would. Right. Like I don't have love for yoga right now. Right. But I have love for Muay Thai enough where I will stick to it. Yeah. You no. Know? Yeah. Um, so speaking on that and different philosophies, um, 
maybe tell me about uh, a little bit about how you know James because he's the the other teacher, mm-hmm. and then I know, I've heard rumors that there's going to be another person joining the school um, on that side possibly. So oh yeah, talk about that. So uh, um, James, uh, let's start with James. James, uh, I had met at another school. He was a manager at a place called Brooklyn Martial Arts in downtown Brooklyn. Uh, really hard worker, right? And he already has that quality about him. Um, and he could work really hard, right? Uh, and I know that uh, at the time he was like 24 years old, he, re- he trained for a long time, like on and off, um, just because he was focused on work a lot of times. Uh, and he wanted a fight. And I was like, I don't know if I could get you an MMA fight, but if you want a Muay Thai fight, I got your back, man. So uh, we trained for two months, and he ended up fighting a guy from my old gym that I trained for like a year or something like that. Like he was just, you know, I trained him in some kettlebells, and he took a few classes with me. Uh, cool dude, and I couldn't ask for a better matchup. But James had his his first fight uh, over there, and um, I think Levi had reached out to him um, if he wanted to run the manager side of things of Hammer and Nail. And he was just like, yo, who's working there? Justin, I'm in. <laughs> so we were, so now, like, you know, I've worked with him before. We have good energy. We, we like, bounce off each other pretty good. Uh, we, and we communicate well, which is, like, I think uh, super important for business. Um, you know, I can ask for a better, uh, I guess, like, uh, a business associate. Yeah. And it's good because um, sometimes, like even within the same martial art I've experienced sometimes like if you go to a different school Mm -hmm. you can learn a completely different thing and sometimes it can be confusing but with you guys there are like there are differences but they're not like they they're not like completely like foreign concepts you know like they go together oh yeah uh, you know, if you're going to make a chocolate mousse cake, you can't throw some strawberries in there. Right. You know, <laughs> you got to stick to the ingredients. Um, so like I, the way, uh, you know, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, James and I uh, shared similar instructors in the past, like before we knew each other. Like he trained at Five Points. The person that trained me, Crew Natalie, um, I was there for, I was at Chocsabai Gym for seven years. Uh, she trained under there as well, Five Points Academy. Um, so, you know, it's similar lineage, uh, this single shots technique, uh, we do teach similar, we teach similar techniques. Um, you know, that's part of being like, uh, you know, same, same as, you know, so that no one gets confused. Uh, but in terms of combinations and styles, uh, we're different in that area, Mm -hmm. right? Like, uh, I said it before that James is, uh, he favors like that Dutch technique and, the Dutch technique translates to MMA really well. James also has a wrestling background, right? So, like, um, you know, he he favors that Dutch style just because his goal is MMA. Uh, I've only done striking, right? So it's like, I know that sphere. I know, like, w- w- the style that I want in that sphere. So, you know, I teach that way. You know, yeah. and, and, and none of them are wrong. It just depends on the rule set. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, who's joining? Ooh, or so is this, uh... yeah. So we have goals at Hammer and Nail, and uh, it gets me super excited because um, 
I'm a type of person that likes like I like to know like, all right, what's the goal for the month, right? Uh, right now we're trying to develop a budget um, to get somebody else on board because uh, James and I won't be able to do it by ourselves because we we're young. We want to fight still, uh, and we want to bring uh, a very uh, inspiring female to the gym. One of my friends. A uh, really good fighter. I can't say the name yet. Yeah. Right. Not until she's she says, "Oh, I'm in." Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, it has to work out for her schedule wise and everything. But our goal for Hammer and Nail to get the budget for her is we need like ten more members by next month. Right. Fifteen would be great. We want more classes. Um, you know, it's not a big gym. We try to keep the classes limited. To a certain amount of people, so that um, everyone gets like high quality instruction, everyone gets their techniques checked and stuff like that. Um, so having more classes, and with more classes, we're gonna need one more person. And uh, I will announce those goals. Right, um, February will be, like I said, a month where a lot of changes in curriculum as well as uh, uh, the schedule. Uh, you know, and we're just gonna have to wait for a few days for February. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, where's the best place for people to follow you and follow Hammer and Nail? And um, there's also like an intro special, right? Oh, yeah. So the intro special. It's $45. You get the week unlimited. You get to try out all the classes. Uh, minus the advanced one. It depends on what level you're at. Uh, but it comes with a pair of gloves and hand wraps. That's a great deal. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a great deal. Uh, we're trying to be like one of the more, um, you know, cheaper Muay Thai gyms. And really the essence of Muay Thai is cheap fun. You know, it's it's becoming more and more of like luxury fitness. But I have fun teaching people. You know, I don't want it to be too exclusive. I like I like the crowd that we're getting at Hammer and Nail. So, yeah. And I think uh, the owners agree with that. And we're on the same page in that sense. Um. And let's see, what was the other question? Uh, where's the best place for people to follow you um, and follow the gym? Oh, yeah. So uh, Instagram. Instagram is where fitness is. Like, it's very visual. Um, you know, there's not too much uh, drama, no reading, not too much of that stuff. You get to just look at what they're doing. If you like the vibes, you know, try it out. Um, Hammer and Nail, you can find Hammer and Nail at, uh, at Hammer and Nail BK. And you can find me at Just Insert. Yeah, J-U-S-T-I-N-S-E-R-T. And then you also have uh, No Bullshit Martial Arts, is that? Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a page that I'm working on. Um, what I want to do with that, I could, I could disclose this stuff, uh, is I want to do, like, Technique of the Week, right? Like, I like to stick a Technique of the Week. Um, it'd be nice to, as we grow in membership to have everybody on the same page. So if you miss, like, let's say the first three days of the week, you still know what we're doing, right? Mm-hmm. You, you'll know what, what the classes are doing because I'm going to post the technique of the week, a video of uh, the beginner's class doing it, and then the advanced guys doing it. So we'll focus on that technique in different tiers, right? And, uh, and you won't be too lost. And every, every week, we'll, like I have a month goal, and every week will be the next tier of that technique, so, and that is only going to happen when classes get big enough and everyone has to be on the same page. Yeah. 
can you say what the February goal is? Oh, yeah. Okay. Right? So, uh, February. Um, so, what we've been doing in the warm-ups is a lot more of, like, stability, balance, right? Because in Muay Thai, you're going to be on one leg a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, cross patterns with, like, the crawling and stuff like that. You're going to be moving your right hand, left leg a lot. Things like that. Cross pattern is super important. So right now, I've just been focusing on coordination and stability. Um, now, when February hits, right, given everybody's uh, coordination and stability are a lot better, comes a little bit more complicated movements, right? Uh, I want to do taking that um, single leg balance stuff. We're, we're bringing back the single leg hinges, eventually turning into speed skaters, um, and just the ability to just toss your body side to side. Uh, and it's going to be important. So combinations are going to be kind of hard-hitting. We're going to work on a lot of hooks, uh, keeping the theme of roundhouses, because that's one of the hardest kicks to learn. And um, it'll be a little bit more of that Dutch style. And it's a lot of power output. Yeah, so we've been developing a pretty good cardio and uh, good balance and stuff like that. So I think we're ready for it for February. Nice. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything else you want to talk about? Um... I mean, not off the fly of my head. <laughs> but. Um, I guess uh, my other question for you would be, so I understand the goals of the gym. Do you have in your mind, and I know like fighting, but do you have any like goals like beyond that or like goals bigger, like lo- more long-term, I guess, for oh, yourself? Yeah. Like, uh, um, I, w- I definitely want to simplify Muay Thai because I feel like a lot of times it's taught in a very complicated way whereas I want to just like you know like teach it like oh like it's jumping it's just you know like if you notice like a lot of my warm-ups will be just like simple movement stuff and I'll try to and I'll remind you of the movement we do in the warm-up when I'm teaching the technique mm-hmm. right and, and a lot of it is play-based Right, play-based movement. Like I had you guys doing like the little high five hands game and stuff like that for balance. It teaches you how to sit in your hips. Um, so in terms of like bigger goals, I want to be that dude. I want to be the dude that like really made Muay Thai easy to learn for everybody, right? And whatever you do with it, whether you just want to keep it fitness, uh, just being a really good like like Muay Thai partner, and then there's fighters right because fighters are always hurt right but your muay thai partner the guy that doesn't fight but he's been training as long as you and he's there all the time he doesn't get sick right because it's usually that type of dude like that's just always there and he's down to train with you even when you don't have another fighter to work with yeah so it's like um developing those guys are super important and every and people doing muay thai in general are super important like yeah. just have, we need more bodies to play with. Yeah, like I I don't know what I want to do. Like I because I do enjoy sparring. Like I because like the challenge of it, it's just a different thing. Mm-hmm. And I think it like it's a part of it. Like where you really in a different way, everything you've been drilling um, gets real. Yeah. <laughs> like oh yeah. Y- you know. Um, I do. Like I guess. Because for me, like, you know, acting, singing, arts, this podcast, 
Um, like it's like definitely, I realize martial arts are vital to me being the best like person I can be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know like what that means. Like, I don't know if I really want to fight, fight mm-hmm. um, when I was like, I used to like back in the day. So it's like maybe at some point, but like, I guess, did you hear about Idris Elba? Yeah, in his uh, in his documentary, right? yeah, he did it like a little. What was it, three or four episode? Yeah, um, where yeah, he went from zero to like pro, yeah, and just fighting. Oh yeah, and to me that would be interesting. Like, so it's like the but for me the goal that would be I I can understand pursuing that goal, mm-hmm. um, but it's not that I actually want to pursue a career. Yeah. But I do think there's something about pushing yourself yeah. far. No, 100%. There's, there's definitely a way to do it, right? Where, uh, you know, he obviously did it to test to see if he can do right. it, right? Like, he's something that he's never thought he was able to do it. And Muay Thai does have that effect on people. Where, yeah. Like, it's just like, man, I never thought I'd be good at bag work. Right. And then it's, man, I never thought I'd be good at pad work. Yeah. And then it's like, man, I'm getting good at sparring. Like, here I am. Like, do I want to fight? So I think it's one of those things. It really depends on how comfortable you feel in all aspects of your training. Right. And then it'll like, you'll, uh, you'll kind of want, you'll, you'll start to have like that idea of like, yeah. oh, I wonder how well I would do in a fight. Because right? I definitely, what well, I don't, I can't remember when I joined pretty early. Um, six or eight months ago and it's Mm -hmm. like and then it was i was more jujitsu at the time um but also like at the time it took me a while to like get consistent (laughs) with the training yeah yeah and then when i did like that's around the time like it was close to when it shifted to all thai boxing um and definitely at the time like that i joined i thought you know this is for discipline like there is I don't just think of it just for fitness. Like it's like, it is like about a way of life to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and like thinking about, you know, the importance I think of anybody training for hopefully, you know, you avoid situations yeah. in the street, but like they do come up. And so to be prepared as best you can to be able to like deal with those situations, like yeah. in, the, in the worst case scenarios. Um, but I like, there is something about the challenge of it, like to me. Um, and I think for people, it's good to keep pushing yourself. Like, you know, like maybe, you know, maybe for some people, you know, um, it's challenging, like you're pushing yourself like to certain limits, but like for me, like the constant challenge of it like you know like yeah. sparring's intense but then you start to either you realize you don't want to do it at all which is fine mm-hmm. but for me it's like even if you get humbled a little bit it's like do you get back in there <laughs> like and i i oh, like yeah. it you know yeah that i guess that's part of like that like that of what the failing that we were talking yeah. about before right like you know, if you really like Muay Thai and you had a bad sparring experience, like, you know, are you the type of person that's just going to like, all right, like, you know, maybe I didn't want it as much as I thought I did, right? Like, because 
what my expectations are what is not what happened right then that's usually a lot of times what happens happens in sparring right or it's just like all purely physical like i just don't like being tagged up like that yeah right? um and uh back to like uh uh idris um i think going from zero to 100 the way he did probably traumatized him it's hard you're 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 fighting a pro fighter who's trained a long time for it even if you won you know it's a very humbling experience. It's, it, I don't think it's one of those things that you could just, all right, from zero, I'm just going to agree to a competition and then have all my learning experiences like in an accelerated period before my fight. Right. Some, some lessons in Muay Thai take like, take a year. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I normally, I'm not very comfortable putting in someone in the ring unless they've been training for like a year. Yeah. You know, and even in a year, shit happens. <laughs> you like you, you know, you think you know yourself, and and then it, you know, a lot of it is new experiences. You don't have that much thinking time um, when you're fighting, and then in retrospect, you're getting hit with all these new lessons, and it's because you haven't done like the due time and diligence in, right. in the training. Yeah, um, I think fighting is one of those things like your like your training would have had to like plateaued for you and your learning experiences. And then your new experience would be maybe to try a fight or to go into the sparring, right? And sparring, there's so many lessons to learn in sparring. Um, same as fighting, because they're both the same, right? One is just glorified. Um, but, you know, everyone will get their humbling experiences and relearn the same lessons in different tiers. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's what's fun about it. I, I, you know, like, sometimes I'm like, man, I've been doing Muay Thai for more than half my life at this point. Yeah. Uh, and I get hit with the same lessons all the time. It's just like, all right, I got to relax. Like, too high of expectations, not enough expectations. Um, and it always boils down to discipline. Somehow, no matter what I do in life, like, I always lack the discipline to get to the next level or something like that, right? And that's just my my personal journey um and uh and that's what's the like the best thing about it you really don't have to know if you want to spar and that's the level you're going to be at or if you want to compete like the fun thing is like all right i'll i'll see in six months yeah right it's like growing a plant right which i don't think a lot of people have uh patience for anymore right yeah and developing that is very important for muay thai because you know clocking in hours is it's it means something yeah Yeah. but uh and speaking on that just like cultivating and nurturing fighters um you know i had the luxury of working uh for crew nat um natalie was one of like the first uh i guess muay thai female business owners in a very male-dominated sport um you know, and, and that comes with a, a, a lot of challenges in its own way. Um, what I did realize, what I did notice was that uh, it inspired a, a wave of, of females. Like, I think we were one of the first gyms with, like, more than probably 40% females, like, in the gym. Like, I've been to a lot of gyms before I went to that one. I've never seen, like, uh, such, like, I guess, like, non-judgment and openness in a gym, in a Muay Thai gym that like sold as like a serious like all right we're fighters here (laughs) Mm -hmm. and i got to watch a lot of people who 
I never thought would fight, right? Because I had casted judgment um, when I was younger and early in the game. Um, you know, you just see people that's like, oh yeah, they're they're nine to fivers. You know, like fight world is very exclusive. It's meant for a certain breed of people. And then eventually those people get better and you're, you, you know, you, you get humbled, you think different about them and you're just like, yo, you could be a fighter right now. And you just, you, I'm just hearing myself contradict myself, right? On like a time length. It's mm-hmm. just like, like, oh man, I just got to learn not to judge, right? Like, and that's what's really fun about um, Muay Thai for me because like, I think I, I know this shit and then it's like, no, 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 you don't. Still learn, yeah. Like in, in simple life lessons, not even like, you know, specific to Muay Thai. I remember another time uh, Krunat checked me because I didn't know how to spar with a female and not make it feel so different. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I was always like, oh no, like don't hit girls, whatever it is. Like, and it, it came down to like in school, recess, like you don't play with girls either in fear of hitting them and stuff like that. And now it's Muay Thai. One of my first training partners, Naomi Cookson, really good uh, fighter, really good trainer. Um, I remember I was like early on in that gym, I was hitting her really light, right? Not giving her like 100% of my skill and she could feel it. I knew what I was doing and my coach, like I didn't think I was so transparent, but she says to me, what do you think you're doing? You're like, you're not going to help your training partner train for her fight. You know, and she was like, like you're, you're not helping her by doing what you think you're doing, right? And I was just like, ah, oh, damn. Like, you're right. I'm being, like, real weird right now. <laughs> yeah. And it was just like, man, I didn't think... Uh, I, was, I thought I was being considerate, but, you know, in turn, I was not being considerate at all. <laughs> yeah. That is an interesting thing, though, like, with sparring. Like, right? that's a good thing also um, for learning. And I like that, like, some of the drills get pretty close to sparring even like it even if it's not the full sparring session mm-hmm. like the um for people to be able to learn how to this is like something i remember talking about different schools so um when i was a little kid i did aikido and i was like probably the youngest smallest person that i was like five um but that particular school like i really liked and there was something about the sensei I didn't feel like he treated me like a baby yeah like he made me learn my actual technique Mm -hmm. and that stuff like I did it for like a couple of years the first time the stuff I learned in that like in those very young age me like growing up a smaller kid for the longest time um was very useful at like because it like was in my body in a way Mm -hmm. i remember going back when i was like 11 the school had moved and my old sensei wasn't there anymore and so this was like 11 year olds and i remember doing drills and my partner not doing the thing that was supposed to like basically make me go to the ground so me not going to the ground and then the teacher telling me that I have to go to the ground. <laughs> and, and it's like, no. Like, you know, and that's pretty much when I left that school because it's like, he's like, this isn't good. Like what? To make him feel like he's, you know what I mean? He's not learning the technique. Yeah. Like I know there's a give and take there, but like that was like, I knew for me that was wrong because it's yeah. like, 
he's gonna think that he knows something and he doesn't know like I know how to like I was like I knew how to do that when I was seven years old yeah and this guy's not doing it right at 11 like you're babying and I feel like sometimes that can even happen in adult classes like depending on the school where it's like 100% and it's fine and so this is like where I was talking not to like throw shade on like a fitness class but Mm -hmm. like if it's is if you were saying that this is self-defense like and that some of the things that you're teaching can be used actually used in self-defense the technique has to be taught properly oh hundred percent um you know i battled that working out of i love kickboxing because my whole thing is uh people that work hard they've earned the title of champs whether they have a, a, a belt or not mm-hmm. right like um you know they're, they're a champ in that mindset right because they're working hard disciplined right um so you know I always thought teaching a fitness class, oh man, I'm calling all these people champs. We had cases where like, not not cases, but you know, situations where members got into an altercation and and they fought. Recently, there's a girl, Ernessa, at the old place I used to work at. She did the fitness kickboxing. She struck somebody and got struck back and broke her jaw. So, you know, it's just like, you know, like, what do you do in those situations? Like, you know, like, you know, I make sure I tell people that, you know, oh, there's there's the the fight training that we do and it's different than this. You know, I let them know in a nice way. Um, But that distinction's important. Yeah. Right? Like, having somebody um, or enabling somebody's thought that they could actually fight off of, like, just hitting the bag or cardio, uh, shadow boxing. Uh, you know, as, as that's why, like, as a as a coach, you're doing them a disservice. Uh, you know, but it, it th- those are also like lines that only experience teaches you that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if you just don't know about it and you yeah. just say the wrong thing, it's just a mistake. Yeah. Yeah, but you know that experience is important, and that's why I say like uh, coaches that do teach uh, fighters should have fought. right. Yeah, because. It's somebody's life. You can't you can't tell somebody what you conceptually thought of and teach them that and say this is gonna save you in 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 the competition, right? Like, you know, I I've also made the mistake where like I felt like I've undertrained fighters, overtrained fighters, which is also another problem. Um, and you could see it in their performance where they don't look like how they look like when they were training, mm-hmm. right? So it's like what happened, and the only thing that happened is in in the mind. Yeah. Because, you know, it's what their expectation, like what, what, what did I feed them in terms of expectation? What did they think? Did I not address it? You know, so those, those things, only having fights and that type of experience will teach you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, well, man, I think this has been a pretty, pretty good, solid talk. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> instead of the open-ended question, um, I have a good idea. Um, so, I have one coworker of mine, and different people I've I've encouraged. Like if they're, um, you know, like this is now we're going into February, but I actually think it's more important. You know, a lot of times with like the new year, everybody wants a reset, um, mm-hmm. and it can be bullshit. But it's like it's what you make it. But I think February, um, 
if you if you like whether you did what you said you were gonna do for January 2019 if you said something or you didn't um, whether you fell off or you did pretty good in January now we're coming into the the next month and like the whole point of these goals is not to just do them in January the whole point hopefully is to like shift your life um, you know do things grow mm-hmm get stronger um mentally physically um and just get more healthy yeah uh so to the people out there um i i talk to them you know when i come across them they live in bushwick um about this school because it's been really good for me um what do you say to the person who's maybe a little bit intimidated about trying martial arts and um you know maybe feels not ready um, oh yeah don't think too much you know sometimes you just gotta throw yourself both feet in the water without testing it and it's water you know it's like what could go wrong right like you know you get or you know you could check it out or you could check out our website you get the vibes um check out our social media check out the vibes and you know not, not and gyms certain gyms are not for everyone you just gotta like, I feel like Muay Thai could be for everyone, right? If you decide you, you want to have patience to learn it, you're passionate about it, and you like it. Um, but, you know, every everybody's vibe is different. Uh, hammer and nail might appeal to, you know, a lot of people, but not a specific group looking for something else, right? Um, so don't think too much. If you want to try it, try it. We're right here. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. And man, I thank you. I'm I'm glad you're here. Um, I'm learning a lot and I am enjoying it. So Yeah, thank you so much. Glad to have you. Thank and thank you for coming and talking with me today. Oh yeah. Thanks for having me. This is fun. So that was my conversation with Justin Troy from Hammer and Nail. Uh, check out the gym. The links are in the show notes where they always are. Or you can check us out on bushwickvarietyshow.com. Um, If you enjoyed that episode and you enjoy this podcast, please rate, review, share, subscribe, um, and let me know. You can hit me up on social media, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, Yeah, let me know if you also want to be on the show or know somebody who wants to be on the show. Um, I've had a great January. I hope you have too. I've been going actually and training three to five days a week. Um, That's been great for me. And I'm working on... Um, getting more organized. That's my goal going into February and for the year. I have learned that I do not plan well. Um, I'm very good at setting goals and seeing those through in the short term, but I end up kind of burning myself out because I don't have a longer term concrete plan. I just fly by the seat of my pants and that's gotten me this far. But uh, I think for the next step, um, I need to organize and and plan better than I have in the past. So that's what I'm working on. What are you working on? How are things going for you? I hope they're going well. And um, if you're struggling right now, um, I hope you struggle through and don't don't beat yourself up. You know, the struggle is a part of it. It's lessons. Anyway, um, thank you for listening. Uh, I had a good time talking with Justin. And I have a good time talking with you. So thank you very much. Have a good one. Keep doing your thing. And I'll see you here soon. Peace.